Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and fantasy basketball writing on the entire internet. Go check them out right now for your fantasy needs. It's been a while, guys. We've been on a hiatus. I don't have my intro on, on, on par, and that is all thanks to HashtagBasketball.com for uh, allowing us to have an extended holiday season uh, where we get to enjoy, spend time with our families, and watch the Bulls lose. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, I got to ask the tough question. I'm out, I'm out of practice on the intro already, Tyler, so I'm I'm ready for uh, – I'm out of practice for your questions as well, so I'm ready for literally anything you, you have to ask. All right, 10 All-Star picks, go. Who are you voting for? Oh. Who's, get, who's getting the mic, the mic seal of approval in the All-Star picks? You, you do this to me. You do this to me every time. We, we talk before the show uh, and what we want to talk about, what we want to get to, and then you always ask me a question that you literally did not mention at all. So I have no prep for any of this shit. Um, I think you have to put Steph Curry in because he's Steph Curry. Uh, let's see. In the I West? So in, Curry, in voting, in voting it's super yeah. easy on the West. But the East is actually kind of hard. Yeah, I'm going to do, do the West. Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, um, James Harden, and uh, Derek Rose. And then the no, you can't have that in the east. In the east, what? No, you can't have that because your two guards are Curry and Harden. You got to pick two uh, guards. Okay. And two front courts. Then I'm dropping Harden. I'm putting Derrick Rose in. Um, and then I'm putting Paul George. He's had a great year, fantastic year for Paul. Okay, George. fair, fair. Not who I would go for, but fair. That's fair. Um, and uh, so Derrick Rose, who is getting the second most votes as a guard, and guys, go out right now. Go to Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I watch the boxes, and you can find me tweeting Derek Rose hashtag NBA vote. We got to get Derek Rose into the starting the All Star game this season. I want you to go out there and do this. It will be uh, literally the the best thing, and then also the probably the end of fan voting. But you know what? Let's go out on a bang. Let's make let's make the fan voting uh, obsolete by getting Derek Rose to start in the. NBA All-Star game this year. That would be fucking awesome. Um, I guess you got to put LeBron in there. Um, maybe instead of Paul George. But I hate LeBron, so you know everybody knows I'm a LeBron hater. So Paul George it is. Uh, and well, then... that front court is freaking impossible because you got those four. Then you yeah. got you got Doncic in there who's getting a ton of votes and is deserving to be an All-Star. I think I think Doncic should be an All-Star. He's he's just really Damn good. Like he's averaging like 20 points a game. But then you're leaving out, I mean, the plethora of other players too, the Carl Towns, the you know, the front court in the West is should super we, difficult to pick. Should we, should we reward Carl Anthony Towns for being one of the softest good players in the league and their team losing all the time? Like, nah, he could be he could be an all-star like coming off the bench, but he shouldn't start. Oh yeah, I don't that's fundamentally disagree with that. I'm just saying there's a lot of Difficult picks to make, I guess. Yeah. And the East is, is, is much harder. Um, I think Giannis is the easiest, obvious one. Uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, holding down your forwards. And then, um, hmm, 
when it comes to guards, I mean, you probably have to go. We have to go with Embiid at center. I think that's fairly obvious. And there's then, no center now. Right? It's just three front courts, so you don't yeah, necessarily have to have. That's true. That you, that you don't want one. Um, and then guard wise, I think you could make an argument for um, Bradley Beal to be a, the starting all-star. I really do. I think you can make an argument for that. Well, I think his numbers are only going to get better with John Wall out. Yes. So, I mean, that's that's fair. Um, and then Kyrie's having a pretty good year, but he always has a pretty good year. Yeah, or do you go Kemba, who's having a great Kim, year? Kemba's having a great year. Uh, Jimmy Butler's still one of the best players in the league. Um, ben Simmons is a question mark uh, position, but uh, I, I I think Walker maybe or Beal. I'm gonna go with Beal. I just I like him a little bit better. Um, yeah, I, that's that's a tough choice. The East is gonna be an interesting All Star uh, group because after that it's kind of a hard, pretty hard fall off. Yeah. Um, so as far as the the split of what should be all stars, I think the East has like about thirty to forty percent of what should be all stars, and the West has the other yeah sixty to seventy. In my opinion, I mean that's like, just my opinion. So would you say Tobias Harris should make an all star game this year? I think that's arguable. Yeah, but I mean, not in that Western Conference with all those. Oh, no, it couldn't happen if he was in the East. Still, I think he would have made it. Well, I mean, Jason Tatum is fifth in front court voting in the. East. That's embarrassing. He's not having a good year. Um, way to go, East. So let's go out there. Let's get Derek vote. Uh, Derek Rose voted in the All Star game as the starting guard. That'd be great. That well, that I, would be I, so wonderful. So here's the whole reason. Very happy. And I know it's just your Derek Rose love, but here's the whole reason I can't get behind that. Quite possibly, the two best players in the league are in the Western Conference backcourt. Oh, I'm not advocating. Yeah, I like. You're right. You're 100% right. I'm not advocating for this out of uh, my – I'm not a Derrick Rose stan. I will I will stand behind Derrick Rose all the time, but I'm not irrational that he was basically like borderline questionable at being in the league for a year or two. Then he was a backup point guard for a year or two, and now he's having a very good season. And the fact that he got there, if you are someone who can't appreciate that and appreciate what he's gone through – through all those injuries, being the youngest MVP in the league, all that stuff, like then you are purely one of the worst people in the world, and you don't deserve to watch basketball, quite frankly. If you can't appreciate – you don't have to like Derrick Rose, but if you can't appreciate what he's gone through. Like I don't like uh, LeBron James, but I certainly appreciate that he's the second-best player of all time. Like I can appreciate that, even though I hate most of his career and hate uh, – watching him play basketball because I just despise him as a fan. But I I, I respect him. And I think if you can't respect uh, Derrick Rose's comeback after all this time, after all these years, uh, you're you're not a good basketball fan and you shouldn't be able to watch him. So I'm not, I'm not advocating for that. I'm advocating for the end of the fan voting by voting Derrick Rose in as a starting point guard. Well, you do realize this now. I th- well, fan voting used to be 100% of them starters right it's only 50 percent now oh really they uh they're like we gotta ha- we get we can't have this happen yeah so like whatever Yao ming would always get voted at back in the day because all the chinese would vote for Yao ming which fair like i would vote for Yao ming if i uh, a f- few years Yao Ming does 100 percent deserve to be the starting center for for the western conference but 
uh, after a while, it's like, well, Yao Ming's only played like 14 games this season. He's number one in voting. Hmm. Yeah, so, so now the media gets a quarter and the players and coaches get a quarter. That's vote. too bad. Um, so, Well, still, we can make it happen. We've still got 50% of the vote. I'd go out there and do that. Uh, I think that'd be hilarious. And also, um, you know what? Respect to Derek Rose. I got to go see him play in the United Center. Um, incredibly embarrassing. Uh, another embarrassing loss by the Bulls. And also, people would cheer louder when Taj Gibson got checked into the game versus when any of the other bull when any of the actual Bulls got checked into the game. That's how bad things have gotten in Chicago. I don't want to I don't want to labor on this because we we're going to talk about more Chicago. Uh, I know people have wondered how off the deep end I'm about to go. Um, fairly far off the deep end is is. So you'll have to wait for that rant later in the show when we talk about the Justin Holiday trade. But uh, you've already mentioned the injury to John Wall. Uh, let's let's get right into it. Let's talk about fantasy. We got Week 13 coming up here, and we've you know been on a long hiatus, so we do have a, a quite a few things to talk about before we get into Week 13. So uh, John Wall out for the season, pretty devastating to anybody who is hoping uh, John Wall would last a whole season. But uh, when there is injury on the flip side of that coin is opportunity for everybody else. Um, so Tyler, you know, what, what, what are the players that are seeing a huge upswing from the, the loss of uh, John wall? So Sadoransky's going to probably be the starting point guard there now, which, I mean, that's going to make a big impact and he's been playing big minutes since wall's gone out. So, I mean, there's, there's something to start with there. And I mean, how good is Sadoransky for fantasy? That, that may be debatable. Yeah, like even as a back end starting point guard. So I know Sadoransky had a very good run last time John Wall was injured. Um, kind of uh, made a lot of people very happy in the fantasy world. He's going to have some of these games. He already actually has had some of these games, you know, 14 and 11 uh, with seven assists, uh, 20 and six. But he's also had some eight and three games and just like, I think he's going to be a little bit all over the map but since he is a starting point guard playing plus 30 some minutes. It's worth owning, but overall, like what, what is that going to average out to? Uh, I really don't know. Like, I, I don't know if it's going to be anything other than borderline fantasy relevant. I think he'll have stretches where he is, you know, a top 100, top 75 player. I'm not sure you're going to see the kind of production that you got out of him during his stint starting with uh, with the Wizards last year. Well, I think you're also going to see Bradley Beal take an upswing and probably average the most assists he's ever averaged per game. I mean, I think they're they they're just letting Beal do a little bit more now. And I mean, you've seen since uh, John Wall's been out that he's consistently getting you know five, six, seven assists a game, and I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. Um, Beal could easily be like a second round value at the end of the season. I mean, there's a lot of season to go, and we just kind of passed the halfway point, and for a lot of the teams and. Man, Bradley Beal could be really, really good if he can stay healthy. And they're playing him crazy minutes, which that's kind of worrying. But it's great for fantasy, but it's kind of worrying that he's playing like 40 minutes every night. Yeah, I think a lot of people might have forgotten that early Bradley Beal career. Uh, we're seeing the potential. We're seeing what he could have been uh, kind of come to fruition finally. But there was a lot of slow start from Bradley Beal back in the day when he was uh, when he was younger because he was getting injured every year. And it kind of looked like he was going to be – you know, always injured. 
and you wonder, you know, playing 36, 37, 38 minutes a night, does that wear on him enough to make him injury prone? I actually would, on the flip side, say if you can trade for Brad the Beal, you're going to get a nice uptick in, in statistics from him. Especially um, if you can trade for his draft day value. I mean, I, I yeah. think I think legitimately he's going to be a second-round player, and you didn't draft him as a second-round player. Exactly. So if you can get him for draft day value, um, if people haven't realized that they're going to get an upswing, if the owner of Bradley Beal doesn't realize they're getting, uh, getting an upswing. In fact, in our uh, Second Chance Listener League, which is uh, – by the way, i got to call out our Patreons. Uh, respect to all our Patreons out there. I had a great, uh, uh, had a great conversation with Adam, our, uh, our our Patreon, who is getting a personal Q and A with uh, with the Watching the Boxes crew every month by joining Patreon.com/slash/WatchingTheBoxes and going for the personalized uh, package on Patreon. Uh, so shout out to Adam. But the rest of you guys in this second listener league, you guys are taking too long the to draft. All right. I'm out here. I'm checking my draft. I'm like, I can't wait to can't wait to draft. I got. Uh, I was actually debating between Bradley Beal and Kimball Walker. That's how I, good I think Bradley Beal is going to be in the second half. And um, we're still on round four, guys. Get out there. We we're doing a slow draft for a reason, so people could enjoy their holiday and then draft at their own leisure. Um, doesn't mean you have to take up the entire clock, guys. Listeners, patrons, subscribers, I love you. You're the best. You're our favorite people. Uh, please, for the love of God, draft a little faster. That would be great. We could, we could get this done before the end of the season. It would be cool. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> Nothing to say about that, Tyler? Nothing to say about it. Nothing at all. I just thought maybe you were going to go on more rants. I was just waiting. Um, so I lastly, I appreciate that. I appreciate you giving me my rant space because I'm going to need it. I'm all heated up about the Bulls. Um, but no, go on with the about the Wizards. I think yeah, uh, Mar- Marquis Force is out too, like for another for a handful of weeks as well. Yes, he is. And and so lastly about the Wizards, um, Otto Porter. Now is probably the chance your chance to get Otto Porter. I mean, he had a good game uh, on Sunday night, but he's only playing about seventeen and a half minutes since his comeback here. And I just think Otto Porter is going to be really good um, for the rest of the season in the sense that he's going to be kind of that second scoring option as opposed to that third scoring option that he normally is. So I think you're going to see a nice uptick in his numbers uh, with John Wall out. And I think with the injury and just a lot of stuff, some poor play from Otto Porter at the beginning of the season have kind of pushed his value down a little bit. And you probably get a nice steal on Otto Porter Jr. right now in a league where some guys aren't paying that close of attention. Yeah, we've been by low on Otto Porter for a while now. And uh, we we do really – preach uh, reverting to the mean here i watch the boxes and uh i think that's exactly what's going to happen without a porter maybe he won't peak over the uh, he won't have his peak performance over the last half of the season but uh he's definitely going to revert back to something that's very normal for auto porter and having more opportunities to uh to play with kelly Oubre in uh phoenix and john wall um once again uh trying to figure out how to put his glass knees back together. And is it a knee? I don't even know what the injury was, quite frankly, but he's out for the season. It's a heel, like Achilles, bone mm. spurry. Mm. Yeah, it all sounded kind of nasty there. No, it's that sounds bad. I don't, all I don't, in the back of that leg there. I don't wish bad things to, uh, to John Wall. Um, but I would say that uh, 
Uh, Auto Porter will revert back to the mean there. You got Markeith Morris going to be out for a while, so you could see a little bit of an upswing with uh, Jeff Green. Just He's going to play more minutes, and they got nowhere else to go now, so they they won't just suddenly stop playing Jeff Green uh, like they have occasionally here uh, during this season. So Jeff Green's probably uh, looking up for an upswing. And then Thomas Bryant has been a uh, a very pleasant surprise over the last couple weeks here. And I want to kind of get your take on uh, Thomas Bryant, Tyler, because he's young. Uh, I was not expecting, like I, I certainly wasn't on my radar as someone who could potentially drop 31 points in a game, uh, even though he he did. Now, granted, it was against Phoenix, so like settle down, everybody. But looks like he's going to play his way into um, – not just rotation, but maybe even heavy rotation. And he has been, you know, he has been starting for a while now just because there is no center here, but he's only recently been given the luxury of starters minutes. So is that is that a trend to to, to jump on for the rest of the season, Tyler? I am very skeptical of this person. Uh, You're very skeptical of Thomas Bryant. Just in the sense that, I mean, he's shooting 66% from the field. Um, he has, you know, he's making 80% of his free throws, um, which we don't see that often from a big man. So there's kind of two, two things that immediately jump off the page as things I'm a little skeptical about. And I'm also skeptical about him playing in every single matchup, like heavy minutes. I think this guy could be a, a person who, you know, he sees 15 minutes a game and in certain matchups. And so that worries me a little bit. Um, Looking at his field goal attempts, I mean, they're 60% of his field goal attempts are coming from zero to three feet. So you like that, right? Because that's gonna that's the DeAndre Jordan thing that's going to lead to a high uh, connect percentage. But then he's also trying to shoot 16% of three-pointers, and he's only shooting 24% on those three-pointers. So I'm a little bit worried about that, um, eventually dragging the field goal percentage down slightly. Um, Thomas Bryant. So he's a flyer. Like I take a flyer on him right now. Sure. Like if he's available, yeah, hundred percent take a flyer on him. But to think that he's going to be some stud, some gem, I, I don't know that that's where I'm at right now. I mean, um, and- would you would you say he is going to be a top? He will end up from today on. Um, over the last two weeks, he's currently um in a nine cat league. Currently the 31st uh, ranked player over the last six games, right? So, you know, fairly good right now. From here to the end of the season, do you think he will be a top 75 player? Yeah. I'm with you. And this is uh, what. Well, and here's the minute. I mean, I'll just it read the close. minutes. It could be close. I'll read the minutes to you, though. This is what worries the hell out of me. Okay? So those six games you mentioned, he had 14 minutes against Detroit, 30 against Chicago, 36 against Charlotte, 39 against Atlanta, 23 against Miami, 21 against Oklahoma City. Not a lot of world beaters there other than maybe Oklahoma City. And and that's what I mean. And, and we had three games where it was under 23 minutes. And the shot attempts that he's making in that time are insane. I mean, he was three for three. He was four of eight. He was nine of 13. He was five of seven. He was five of seven. He was six of eight. The worst shooting game he had was 50% that's not going to stick around forever. Like it's just not, it's not, it's not sustainable. 
for sure. And I, I agree with you. The free throw percentage is even more non-sustainable. And I, I want to kind of hone in on something here. Uh, probably a lot of people have already picked up Thomas Bryant. I would 100% pick him up and just see what happens. Why not take a flyer on him? Um, but if you think you're getting a top 50 player for the rest of the season, I think you're a little bit mistaken. Uh, simply, let's just say he he's an around the rim dunker and he's gonna he's gonna go four for seven every night. Cool. He's making right. 80 percent the rim though. Yeah, like that's not yeah. sustainable. But let's say he's he's up there because that's all the he just get dunks. Like that's all he's gonna do here. Let's look at the rest of his game, right? He's getting a huge bump in ranking simply from the field goal percentage. His free throw percentage also helps bump him up as well. And his turnovers are non-existent. So those are huge bumps from categories that you're like, meh. A lot of people in head-to-head leagues don't give a shit about. Um, in And in um, roto leagues, the volume is actually fairly low. So it's not, um, you know... Like I said, world beater type of stuff, but these are good percentages for a roto league. Let's look at the rest of his stats, though. You know, if he's playing, let's say, 30 minutes a game, which is a little aggressive, he's kind of like a 14 and 8. I don't trust his three point. I don't trust that he can hit three pointers. Like, I, I think that's not a thing. So he's like kind of like 14 and 8, 14 and 9 with maybe almost a steal and probably a block. Okay. That's good. But how, like, how good is that overall? Really, like, is that is that that's probably like within the top one hundred? Four and nine with a block and a steal, but you're not getting anything else. If you if you just stop looking at his field goal percentage being so high and his turnovers being so drastically low, you're getting like a steal and a block, which is stuff we like, and then you're getting like fourteen and nine. It's good. It's not great. And I don't even think you're getting a steal. Yeah, and that's that's if this stays sustainable, which I don't I don't think it's I don't think it is. Right. I, I I mean if I if I'm betting in in thirty minutes it's probably like you said, like the, the I'll agree with the rest of it. The steal's probably more like point six yeah. over a longer. Stand. It's probably less than a steal. So let's just say there's a guy. His name is Jonas Valachunas. Now he plays twenty minutes a game. And he's like thirteen and seven with almost a block and a half a steal, and a good and good percentages, and he's currently ranked in the one hundreds. So like that's kind of what I'm looking at. Uh, I, he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna fly up the into like one and a half block territory. Um, I don't think those rebounds are gonna go skyrocket. I don't think he's like figured out how to score. You know what I mean? So, it, would you rather have Jared Allen like or Thomas Bryant like? The answer is Jared Allen, but like, isn't Jared Allen's current production Thomas Bryant's ceiling? Yes. Yeah. So I'm not too high on Thomas, um, but I would 100% pick him up in all leagues. Um, just take a flyer on him, see how he does over the next few weeks. Like, why? Why the hell not? I'm with you there. All right, let's talk about the the big trade, one of the biggest trades in NBA history. Um, beautiful, um, and and very very talented. Justin Holiday was traded uh, to the Memphis Grizzlies for uh, one of the Brookses. We still don't know which. Uh, we do know which, but you know, um, the 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 not good Brooks, who I think was like waived immediately by the sh- Chicago, um, or is going to be waived. Uh, 
and two second-round draft picks. Now, I've been saying all year on this podcast that Justin Holiday is good enough for a first-round draft pick. Turns out not not so much. Uh, I was trying to get that out there so people would, uh, you know, maybe just bump his value just throughout op- osmosis. But two draft picks, and we waived one of the um, absolute worst bulls of all time, Cameron Payne. So, like, really, two all positive things. We got something for 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 a guy who's definitely gonna like not resign with the Bulls, and we got rid of Cameron Payne. Not too shabby. Win win win. It was a win win win. Other than the fact that Jim Boylan is one of the worst coaches in the in the league. Nobody wants to play for this idiot, and he's asking Zach Levine to take more two pointers. He's sitting Wendell Carter like for no apparent reason whatsoever. And there, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of back and forth on NBA Twitter. Uh, a lot of uh, people that I read that I respect um, just out there killing Jim Boylan for being like, this is like not old school coaching. Like this is like old school coaching. This is not where the modern NBA is going. This is not at all. Like you're not getting any value of having Wendell Carter Jr. Sitting on the bench for the entire second half because what he missed a rotation like he's a rookie he's probably going to miss some rotations right he's pretty damn good you're asking him to you're not having him shoot threes anymore like his entire like his his value on defense is great but like if he's a stretch five he becomes exponentially more value like whatever jim boylan is like uh, uh, like and this is the problem there's a handful of people out there being like, you have no idea what it's like to be a to be an NBA head coach and like how hard it is. Yeah, no shit. I'm not an NBA head coach. I have no idea what it's like. That's the, that doesn't mean anything. But I, I am an observer of the NBA for uh, multiple decades, and as someone who's seen good coaching and can see good coaching, this ain't it. Robin Lopez post ups ain't good coaching. And if you want to tell me how hard it is to get superstars run back on defense, like good on you. Um, cool. That shouldn't be the the barometer of a good NBA coach. Like if you if you're looking at absolute value, yeah, okay, cool. Your team ran back on defense, uh, and they're getting better at that. All right, that takes coaching for sure. Does that make you a good NBA coach? No, it just makes you a coach. So everybody needs to settle the hell down. Uh, like I. There's, there's, you're on the wrong side of history. If you're like Jim Boylan, might have some, uh, might have some staying power in the NBA because he is a like garbage person version of Tom Thibodeau. And last time I checked, which was not that long ago on Twitter, Tom Thibodeau's not an NBA head coach anymore. So big news coming out of Minnesota, Tyler. Like, do you, what do you think about the Tom Thibodeau thing? I'm not going to ask you to. To, to chime in on my my hatred for the front office in, in in Chicago. And I appreciate you giving me the time for this rant. But do you think a coaching change in Minnesota means anything fantasy value-wise? Well, I'll say one thing about the whole Chicago thing first. I mean, I think part of being a good coach, and, and we can discuss the value of a good coach if you want. I mean, I think that there's value to having a good coach, but there's so many coaches that are producing – no 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 wins to the team or negative wins to the team in the nba that yeah um you know 
and we can debate the merits of that if you want. But I think that this whole thing is like to be a, a good coach, you have to get the players on board. That's and- part of the job, man. Like if the if the players don't want to play for you, that means you're a bad coach. Even if you have great X's and O's, if you can't motivate anybody, you're not a good leader. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I mean, I think Boylan is doing some of the things we made fun of Fred Hoiberg for doing when he first got the job, right? Oh, Miritich missed the shot. He's out for the rest of the game. Yeah, this isn't Iowa State, you know? Like, this isn't Utah. Like, these aren't college kids. Well, and you're not going to – you punishing them is is only going to make them go the other way in a lot of cases than – you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to do that so I don't play, man. Like, whatever, don't play me. Like, that's your decision. And yeah. These are men. They're adults. They they make their own decisions, and, they, you know, they're going to do what they want to do. Um, so, yeah, that and, – and the Thibodeau thing, I mean, we saw it coming, right? It was a long time coming. Another, another weird timing firing. And what's even weirder, I mean, we could legitimately see uh, the Bulls fire Tibbs, hire Fred Hoiberg. And now fire Fred Hoiberg, Tibbs getting fired, and we've you told me before the show that Fred Hoiberg is in the running for the Minnesota Timberwolves job. What's going on? What okay, happened? So, so yeah, so the the Wolves won their last two games, which makes the firing yeah. weird. Really odd. Timing. And the whole, I mean, it, it stems back a lot to Tibbs doing old school things and the players not loving that. Like, I mean. You heard the whole Jimmy Butler saga and, you know, thinking that players like Tyus Jones should actually get decent minutes and not play 10 minutes a game. So, I mean, that whole Tibbs playing everyone 40 minutes a game thing came back to bite him a little bit. And, yeah, so literally the Athletic is reporting that Fred Hoiberg and Monty Williams are the early candidates to be the Timberwolves' permanent head coach. And the man who is going to be the interim head coach is named Ryan Saunders. Um, But yeah, that was just pretty crazy because we I, I don't think Fred Hoiberg is a great coach and Monty Williams did not have a great coaching stint um as a head coach. So that's they're both kind of interesting if you ask me. Um is Ryan Saunders uh related to Flip Saunders in any way? I wonder Ooh, good question. I'd have to look that up. Uh looks like Ryan Saunders is thirty-two years old. And he's now the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Is, is that am I am I reading this correctly? He is promoted to interim head coach after Tom Thibodeau was fired. That's incredible. Ten years ago, he was assistant coach with the Wizards, and uh, like then a few years ago, he was playing as a walk on at the University it's, it's of Minnesota. Man, it's Flip's son. Mm-hmm. That's what I figured, but I want to make. You know, I don't want to have slander um, yeah, out here. That's cool. And, and, I mean, everyone knows that Flip was the coach for them and had yeah. a big big role in all of their things until he died kind of unexpectedly there. So, uh, yeah, um, that's, that should be super surprising. Um, good for him. Yeah. Props to, to Ryan Saunders. I, I, he's probably a better coach than uh, uh, Fred Hoiberg or uh, Jim Boylan. So I hope he I hope he does well with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, this Minnesota team could be a playoff team, man. I mean, they got a lot of talent still, even without Jimmy Butler, man. Yeah, they they, they should be a team that could 
um, to fight for a playoff spot. Well, and they—I mean—they just crushed the Lakers tonight without LeBron, obviously. But I mean, they got Jeff T, they got Towns, they got Rose, they got Wiggins. Like, watch out, man! The Timberwolves could be good. Um, as far as fantasy value, though, you got to think uh, this might be the end of Taj Gibson's kind of even twelve and fourteen team fantasy run. That then the new coach could come in and play Sarich a lot more minutes and uh, drop. Taj Gibson down to like 15, 20. I mean, that's it's potential. We don't really know that. Yeah. If you're like now. kind of desperate right now to take a risk, like if Dario Sarge is available, like why not see what happens? To um, the flyer? It, it could also, I mean, Derek Rose is out with that ankle injury right now. He's missed like four straight games, but we could see him move back into a bit of a smaller role when they get healthy and get Covington and Teague back rolling. Um, they could also choose to play Tyus Jones some minutes. Um, I actually, you know, think – Playing Tyus Jones and Derrick Rose together on defense might be a little bit of an issue, but on offense, I mean, that could be kind of an interesting combo. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what kind of happens with the rotations. Um, I, I think for sure you're not going to see guys playing 40 minutes a night under any new coach that comes in. So you got to think that all the value of some of those top end guys is going to go down slightly just in the sense that they're going to see a few less minutes. Yeah, when you see Robert or Robert Covington come back, you know, hopefully he's not playing 39 minutes a game. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, 36. Like, if you want, if I mean, obviously you want them to play those many minutes if you own them on your team uh, and you got them rostered, but you're probably going to see a more well balanced rotation from a coach that's not Tibbs. I'm with you there. Um, so I don't know. This could be a good time to sell high on. Uh, I mean, I know Robert Covington is injured. Sometimes you can play that to your advantage. You're like, oh, he's got to come back. He'll be fine. Like, I I'll, I want, you know, fair value for Robert Covington. Uh, Carnthy Towns also having a great um, last few uh, weeks, if not month or so. So he's kind of back to top of the top of the charts and might be a good time to sell high on him as well. But we will be doing our buy lows and sell highs uh, later this week like we um, have been throughout the season. But let's get into maybe what the only reason people uh, people did not uh, tune in to hear me talk about um, the the meathead boy high school boys basketball level coach Jim Boylan. I think they tuned in to hear about week 13 Tyler. And once again, over on hashtagbasketball.com, you've written your our week 13 primer. Uh, your primers are excellent uh, content going in to the week. We have a very busy week. Uh, there's games almost uh, at least seven to eight games every single night except for Thursday where there's only four games. And we have a 10-game uh, slate and nine-game slate on Wednesday and Friday. So, like, an incredibly – busy week we don't have anyone playing two games and the nuggets are playing five games this uh this week so uh going into this week what are what are some of the things you got uh, some of the guys you are looking at who are uh probably good waiver wire type players for week 13 yeah so unfortunately for the nuggets they play five games but they do not have a good streaming uh options a lot of good really good streaming options uh mason plumley is averaging like six rebounds and basically a block and a steal a game um, for the year in just 20 minutes. But he's actually been playing about 26 minutes a night um, in the Denver's last 10 games. So maybe they're seeing the value of his defense a little bit more. And I think that they're playing him and Jokic together a little bit more, which is nice, right? 
Um, so there's that. Uh, so he's someone I would add. There's a lot of four-game guys, though, that are could produce some real good across-the-board value and help you win your league. Um, as always, you should check and see which categories you need and then go after the person who's going to help you the most in those categories. Um, guy is really interesting to me and, and someone who's seen some value that he hasn't seen is probably Kevin Herter. He's still only 11% owned in Yahoo leagues. Um, in his 21 games as a starter, he's averaging 10 points, which isn't great, but nearly two three-pointers, 2.8 rebounds, three assists, a steal, and 0.6 blocks. Like, None of those categories sounds fantastic, but when you add up all that, like that's a pretty healthy stat line in, in pretty much every category. So, you know, that's kind of someone kind of interesting if you need four games out of somebody. I like that. There's a, you know, we always say, especially when you're looking at five game slates or four game slates from teams, you know, uh, uh, someone who's slow and steady wins the race. Um, if you're if you're looking at a superstar that's gonna maybe someone named Kawhi Leonard who likes to sit out back-to-backs and you got a back-to-back coming out. No, though Kawhi has been playing more lately. Um, two Kawhi games and four Kevin Herter games uh, become pretty close. They, they, they actually become pretty, uh, pretty similar players when you are looking at a head-to-head type of matchup. Yeah. And I mean, people miss the value in, in things like, you know, just getting 10 points four times is 40 points. You only played two games, which no one does this week. But if you did, that's what, you know, you'd have to average 20 points a game. How many guys are averaging 20 points a game? Not that many. Yeah, not a, not a whole lot. And um, when you look at other guys who are kind of available, you got your, like, your Noah Vonleys and your, uh, your Marcus Morris, Marcus Morris's, you know, a uh, handful of guys out there who um, are not owned but are playing fairly well right now. Uh, those are the those are the guys you want to gravitate towards. And uh, I like your list here. You got some good guys. Marcus Smart has been kind of underrated, I think, uh, especially since he is a, a very good steal guy. Uh, yeah, and when we talk about Smart, like 1.8 steals a game, literally just picking up him could take you in a in your week like if you just lined up the 12 teams in your league okay and you played your lineup but just added Marcus Smart and dropped your worst steals person that could probably take you from near the bottom to near the top yeah pretty quickly that's what I mean like he's going to get you eight he's going to get you probably eight steals this week yeah like on that. top of that Kyrie Irving you know he's missed uh, the last few games so you, you're probably you're seeing more minutes from uh, Terry Rozier, and you're also seeing more minutes from um, a few more minutes from Marcus Smart. Even though wow. Marcus Smart's been playing about um, you know 28 minutes a game, he's still taking a little bit of that rotation uh, some minutes for the absence of Kyrie Irving. Yeah, and we're seeing Smart average those freaking 1.8 steals in what like 26 minutes a night for the season. Yeah. So um, that's pretty incredible. I like getting that. Uh, I like getting that extra bump, especially if you're going to see maybe Kyrie miss a game. So, um, probably a good person to target. And a and a quick way to make like you maybe you're going against a guy you're okay in steals and they're okay in steals. Make yourself a choice to uh, to take that bump on steals with Marcus Smart and uh, easily pull ahead and win a category. Like that's that's just the way to do it. Yeah, and I mean, we look at guys like J.J. Barea, right? Like, he's not going to help you in a ton, but 5.7 assists per game, 
can literally win you that that one category. And if if you're looking at a four four matchup in an eight category league, and assist is one category you're losing, and you you know drop somebody, especially a big man who's maybe getting like one assist a game, and trade it for Perez four or five point seven. So that's 4.7 assists every game you're getting more. That's enough to win you that category probably and win you the week five to three instead of four to four. Yeah, sometimes you got to play on the margins, especially at this point in the season if you are kind of a middle-of-the-road team and you didn't uh, join our patreon.com slash watching the boxes to be in our second-chance league. So you don't have a second chance because you didn't join the league. Um, you gotta you got to make sure you're, you're – getting every point extra point five assist and every point two steal in your week to pull out those upsets to to make the playoffs you know the, now is the time to really really work the numbers make sure you're looking at your matchups and uh and going after the free agents and the and the, and the waiver wire players that will fit your ability to win the week and i actually i, I think your article on hashtag Basketball.com, Tyler, is an excellent place to start when, when planning your week. As I said, Thursday, kind of the weird day, only four games that day. Uh, not a not a lot of, um, you know, good st- streams. Like, there's no Thursday-Friday stream. Um, but there is some Tuesday-Thursday potential out there. We got, what, one, two, three, four, six teams playing on Tuesday and playing on Thursday. So that's that's pretty cool. We got four games on Thursday, but six teams playing on Tuesday and Thursday. So you could get an extra game in there. Uh, is there any team in particular on that Tuesday, Thursday uh, pseudo stream that uh, that you in particular like? Well, the Nuggets are doing it. So, I mean, obviously Plumlee would be a great pickup and you could not only get you get Monday, Tuesday, Thursday if you pick up Plumlee. Um, the Sacramento Kings would also be a great option to do that, but I don't know that I'd really recommend streaming anybody because most of the guys who play the minutes are fairly well-owned for them. Um, as far as looking at Tuesday, Thursday, though, you got Shea Gilgis Alexander, who they're still kind of playing a rotation there in Los Angeles, so he's not getting super a lot of minutes, but he's getting you like a steal in .6 blocks a game which that alone makes him pretty interesting. Like that's, that's help in two categories, especially from a guard position. Um, you kind of get the same thing from Tyler Johnson and I'm a little bit worried about Johnson's full season value, but he should still keep playing minutes as waiters works his way back and up minutes to be worthy. And he's averaging a steal in half a block a game. Um, and yeah, then that, got- uh, that Miami team is a team I'm keeping my eye on uh, as a team that is, what, uh, has no idea what it's doing, it seems, with the rotation. No one's playing any heavy minutes. You do wonder if eventually the, um, you know, you, you do wonder if eventually there will be a move to play Bam Adebayo, heavier minutes, uh, as they are kind of basically, you know, barely getting through the end of the season. Um, well, and you wonder if Miami is going to just kind of, uh, um, rely on his young guys. I mean, they, I mean, they still easily could make the playoffs. We talked about them in, in the last couple of years is like being, even it was when they were, a, you know, a well into the playoff team, you know, they got 10 or 11 or 12 guys who can all play minutes and all play minutes well. But I mean, are you excited about any of them? Like since Dwayne Wade has, you know, come past his prime here, it's like they're just kind of a band of misfit toys in some sense, and they have, like, all these guard wing types that are good, but, like, they all cannibalize each other. You know, I'm talking Rodney Magruder and Tyler Johnson and 
Dion Waiters, Justice yeah. Winslow. It's like, you know, I don't know how even Spolster decides who's gonna play the minutes that night. Like, it's yeah, just, that kind of pseudo experiment of having Justice Winslow as the guard, even though he's sort of the guard, and they're playing point guards with him, but they're calling him the point guard. Uh, whatever you want to do to make Justice Winslow play better, right on. Like, I'm I'm all about it. Uh, Spolster is actually a good coach, so. Um, him calling Justice Winslow publicly a point guard uh, probably helps Justice Winslow's ability to play. Like his percentages are so bad that he's not ownable in a roto league, but in head to head, Justice Winslow is now like a actual meaningful standard league player. But you get a, some steals, you're getting some assists and some rebounds. I don't know how long that's going to last. I don't know how consistent that's going to be, but you know, you see that and you go, okay, what does that mean for Bam Adebayo? Is Tyler Johnson ever going to play more minutes? Uh, they're a mess, right? Other than Josh Richardson, like really, none of these guys are um, like standardly relevant, especially in nine cat. But then, like, if Kelly Olynyk suddenly got thirty five minutes a game, he'd be probably standardly relevant. So, like, there's there's a little there's little potentials in all these guys, but none of these, like you're saying, none of these guys are are like the real deal. All right, you ready for my sneak tip? Not in the article. Whoa. Uh, yes, I am ready. Um, so it comes kind of sneak tip of the night. Yes. So this is this is new. This is a new feature. Uh, Tyler's only, sneaky tips. Maybe only once yearly. I don't know. I don't know how long, how often this feature will come about. Um, but it is here today. So the Charlotte Hornets they only play three times, and they do play a Friday Saturday back to back. Um, the interesting streamer of the day is Mr. Bismack Biombo. Now, he was not even in the rotation at all until Cody Zeller broke his hand. Now, for some reason, instead of starting Willie Hernan Gomez, they are deciding to start Biombo, and he will get you enough rebounds and blocks to matter, even if he's probably only playing 20 minutes a game. Yeah, always a. Um surprisingly good per 36 player Bismack Biombo. There was that period, that brief period of time with the Toronto Raptors where he was uh, like kind of a world killer. Like he was like getting like four blocks a game and he was incredible. And then he got a huge contract for some reason to go to a team that really didn't need him at all in Orlando and then pooped the bed. But as you're saying in limited minutes, he's still able to get good rebounds and blocks in order to be standard league relevant. So that's a, that's a really good call there. Cody Zeller looks like he will be out for a month. Yeah, at minimum, maybe he broke that hand. So that's that's not – it's not going to be one of those things where – I mean, like that Paul Millsap thing, how quick did he return? We heard he was out four to six weeks, and I think he was out like two, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he was out like three, three and a half weeks. But I was like – when someone mentioned he was back playing, I was like, wait a minute, what? Like I had written him off until – like mid January, but he was he was back. He literally missed from December eighth until he played on December 29th. That's incredible. So he missed what twenty one days, so three three full weeks, and that was it. It was absolutely incredible. It must not have been that big of a injury. Yeah, well, I mean, everything I heard was four to six, and then I even saw someone report that it was six to eight, and I was like, damn. Maybe it's going to be like six full weeks. I'm like, I'm going to miss him for a while. And then like literally too, I was actually kind of a little PO that night. Cause I had a spot in my lineup and I was like, I still had him on the injured reserve. And I'm like, Oh, he's definitely not going to play. I won't worry about moving him around. And then he was in there. I was like, damn it. I missed that. 
it's a, it's a tough world out there, Tyler. Um, but if people go to hashtag basketball.com, check out your article and go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes and subscribe. They should be ahead of the game because uh, the, 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 the exclusive content that we're putting up on Patreon, along with your articles, I think people have given people the edge uh, in their, in their fantasy basketball leagues. And uh, we still got a ton of fantasy basketball ahead of us. Obviously teams trying to make the playoffs. This is the big stretch and all you Roto, all the cool cats out there playing Roto, you still got over half the season left. So there is plenty, plenty of fantasy basketball on the way. And we're going to continue to uh, get you the content that you like, but in order to get the content that you like, um, we need your feedback. So hit us up on Twitter. You can find Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. Hit us up on Twitter. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell us what you don't like. If you want more mailbags, if you want more Dynasty talk, uh, if you want to start talking about keepers. Um, in fact, I got a listener question right now, Tyler. Late, a late show listener question. Oh, all right. Um, if you feel incredibly comfortable with your three-pointers, you're like blowing everybody out of the water. Would you swap Steph Curry for Giannis straight up? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. This comes from uh, Mike Zhao. Shout out uh, to Mike Zhao. So it's a tough one because they kind of like, you know, you're still getting five uh, rebounds and five assists from, from Steph Curry. Giannis is going to obviously kind of knock those up, but everything else is fairly similar. And then you're dropping – Four and a half three pointers off the face of the earth from your team. So, like, you better be really, really confident that you're good at three pointers. Yeah. How do I want to say this? You're losing him, you're not. If you are losing an average guy and you are beating everyone in three pointers, you're probably okay. But unless you're absolute, like, unless you have some other really, really big three point guys. Losing him and going down to Giannis's number is like losing two and a half really good three-point players on your team, right? Like, because Giannis is only making point four, so you're losing four three-pointers a game, four and a half three-pointers a game. That's a lot. It's gonna be a big hit. Um, it's a huge hit. Like, in your and and what do you what are you getting what are you getting back for that, right? You're you're getting blocks and rebounds back. Yeah. So could you and and you're losing a lot in free throw percentage if you're a man who cares about percentages. Um. So could you get away with making the swap and still win your league? Yes. Would I make the swap? No. It completely changes the perception and the value of my team. And. That's hard thing to kind of recover on the fly, in my opinion, right? Like I went from a team who's definitely winning three-pointers every week to now maybe not winning three-pointers some weeks, and now I got to adjust to be a little bit more rebound-heavy, and I, it's not the kind of move I would want to make, but could you make that move and win the league? Yeah. Yeah, it's a fair swap. It's a swap that's not going to lose you a league. Uh, I mean, it could, but – uh, if your margins are tight, right? But and if it's I think, I mean, I think Steph Curry's the if you're in Roto, Steph Curry's the better player. 
if it's Roto, though, I can see making the move if you got to move up in rebounds and blocks. You know what I mean? Like, if you're dead last in those categories and you're third in the league, and you're like, if I just get someone who can rebound and block the ball, I'm going to be okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's the nice thing about Roto is like, you can kind of look at your league and go, I'm last in assists. I'm never catching up. So I'm going to get rid of my assist guys and get guys who are going to steals or maybe rebounds because I'm in the middle of the pack, but there's like six people in the middle of the pack. So I'm going to see, I'm going to make my run in those categories. That's what makes Roto so much more interesting. So I, I, I preach this a lot. I try to, I try to, uh, I'll keep this to uh, this rant to a minimum, Tyler, but there's a game inside of the game in Roto and every single league is different. When you go to head to head, you're trying to win five categories. You're just trying to win the most categories every week. It's all you're trying to do. That's your strategy. All right, cool. You got to figure that out. There's some waiver wire stuff you can do, but you got you just, you're winning categories. There is a game within the game in Roto and that is manipulating those, those standings, those overall standings. Like maybe you're crappy, like you're in last and assist, but there's a guy who could uh, make a run in assists, but he's like in eighth place and you're in like fourth, but the guys ahead of you, he could pass up knocking their points down. So you trade him. Maybe you give him a little bit of a deal on your assist guys. Cause you really don't need those assist guys. You get some good players back from him. He gets a bump in assists and he passes the, the players ahead of you. And suddenly they lose points. You're gaining points and you're suddenly in second place or first place. That's the game within the game in Roto, and that's some of the stuff you should be focusing on, especially right now at this period in the league. That is the now is the time to be starting to make those moves. You should be confident in what your team is and where, where you're at in your standings because you still yeah. got you got a half a half a season to go. And I think where uh, first time or or just non-experienced Roto players make the mistake is they see, oh, I'm last in this category. I need to catch up. Well, can you even catch up? Yes, that's the real question. Right. Can I do anything? You might be in the middle of and, the pack and you can't catch up to the next guy. Well, and here's the thing too. How many points can you make up? Okay, so you might be dead last in a category, but be only be able to catch one or two guys realistically. But you might be you know, fifth in another category, but could be first if you made the right trade. So you can make up five points there as opposed to the one or two, even though you're dead last in that category. And so that's kind of also what makes it fun to me. And you got to really know the numbers. And there's a lot of intricate math, right? It's precision surgery, I like to say, um, as opposed to a head-to-head league where things aren't so precise. Yeah, it's that's the fun. That's the fun of Roto. So if this is the kind of stuff, more of the strategy, more of the kind of the game within the game kind of stuff you guys want to talk about, hey, let us know. Give us your feedback. Hit us up on Twitter. Or rate and review the show. That always helps us out. And check out our patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Oh, I got one well. thing I want to plug quick. Oh, yeah. Right. Tyler, what else you got to plug? So I made my fantasy baseball writing debut for Fantasy Pros. Oh, and congratulations. Here's a cool article I wrote. And this, this is why I want to plug it because it kind of relates to fantasy basketball. I wrote an article about why trading away top prospects is a winning dynasty strategy. And I think this relates to almost any fantasy dynasty sport is trading away the hottest young thing can often be a winning strategy and often be a strategy that gets you a lot of long-term value, even though that sounds crazy. And the article goes in pretty 
I'll, it goes into a lot of detail about how people get so hyped on some of these guys and then they turn out to not really be that great. Yeah. That's, that is good. That is a good philosophy. I mean, and all you fancy baseball players out there should be following Tyler uh, in his uh, fancy baseball uh, debut. He is uh, way, way, way too, too into uh, – because I'd say being into fancy baseball at all is, is a little too far for me. I'm not – but it, some of the people out there, they like their spreadsheets. They like their uh, – they're almost like accountants or actuaries. And that's – when you're good at that, you're good at fancy baseball. I get why people like it because I like to do some of that stuff for fancy basketball too. But uh, I – the fancy ba- – the baseball season is too much of a slog for me, Tyler. You got – you got the wherewithal for that, and I, I don't think I do. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I got some degrees in accounting. I've done some accounting work, so I guess that's my thing, man. I go. don't know. Yeah, the, the, if the numbers speak to you, it's your sport. But uh, go check out Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. He will be sharing not just basketball and in Mab stuff, but apparently fancy baseball stuff too. So shout out to Tyler. On, uh, on, Ooh, there on might even out. be more fun surprises coming like you never know wow um well stay tuned everybody we'll be back for the rest of the week with our normal stuff and we'll see you all next time <laughs>